I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Lisa Lamb is a visiting professor of preaching at Fuller Seminary. She has been married to Rich for 30 years and a mother of two kids, Mark and Becca. She worked for many years as an InterVarsity staff worker at UC Santa Cruz and Harvard University. She's an ordained minister with the Presbyterian Church USA, and today we are going to be talking about how awareness of voice relates to health and aging. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. It's yeah. great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you about um, voice and confidence and I know women who are listening are wanting to discover their voice and what that means and just looking forward to having a conversation with you. Thanks Beth, me too. So tell me about your journey to become a professor of preaching and what you remember as a child. Yeah well it's kind of it's kind of fun to think about kind of um striking in some ways because I was really quiet as a kid I was really shy uh, I didn't I was never the kid who raised her hand or one or if I did I was my heart was beating really fast <laughs> for the little comment that I would attempt to eke out <laughs> you know in class as a fourth grader and I was shy on the playground I didn't you know didn't run for office or want to give a speech or be the center of attention and in any settings, and it was all um, uh, just mustering the courage to to jump in was really tough for me. And I remember even and just my my actual voice was so quiet that, but I had this strong sense of calling to be in ministry uh, since I was a child. I remember uh, one time uh, leaning forward all during church. It was the a rare Sunday where the kids went into the grown-up service and all the other kids were grumbling and griping about it and I remember just thinking this is really cool and I was I remember this moment where I looked around as the preacher began to speak and everyone was really leaning forward to listen and I was just struck this is a really holy thing going on this is a remarkable thing that this person is speaking out of the Bible, these words of wisdom and truth, and people are listening. And, you know, even it was an odd thought to have as a kid, you know, it was kind of, uh, I doubt that many kids were thinking about it on that sort of meta level, but I was. And I just remember thinking, that is such a cool thing to do. I wonder if I could do that someday. And I turned to my mom and said, could I do that someday, mom? And she said, probably better than he just did. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she had confidence in me since I was little, and it didn't bother her that I was a little quiet. But I do remember uh, um, a man that I was that I confided in who asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, who said, oh, you could never do that. You're too quiet. Um, it wasn't that I was a girl. It was just, just that I was too quiet. And, and that was 
you know, crushing at the time was a hard thing, you know, for I must have been eight or nine, you know, but uh, even then I remember thinking kind of, well, we'll just see about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I, I was pretty, pretty sure that someday a stronger voice would come and that this was in fact uh, something I was called to. So I think uh, that's really neat what you said about your mom and -hmm. her response, Mm -hmm. the confidence she had in you. Yeah. I mean, what did that do or what do you remember in that moment that your mom, this was probably not the only time she was confident in you, but yeah, no, that both of my parents, that was always just the wind at my back, you know, was there just, unwavering confidence in me love for me cheering me on you know they they've been incredible they were incredible advocates and um, never you know the slightest gender concerns or any doubt you know that that would be that I could do that yeah I think that's pretty significant just thinking about your parents and yeah where you are today Mm-hmm. So tell me about your passion as you work with your students. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you care about as you uh, work with them and preaching or public speaking? Yeah, that's a great question, Beth. I think um, I can tell you just uh, one of the things that happens in my classes is that people step into their identity as preachers and there's something about uh there's a you know there's nothing wrong with teaching and I'm all about doing teaching well but I have several students who come from backgrounds like I had a student last quarter who had been a lawyer so she knew how to speak in public she knew how to present an argument and she had a self-conception that that was you know that that she was better at that and not maybe not so good at preaching or hadn't really thought of herself as a preacher but so we talk a lot about that dimension of blessing and of promising and just of really declaring the truth into people's lives and in ways that you hope will bring some transformation and that there's a different voice that that is involved in all of that and she said the last day of class that happened for me this quarter I that shift in my own identity happened Mm. over the course of the work we did together this quarter Mm. so that's very rewarding when I yeah absolutely so as you're working with people and you watch them speak what are some of the things that you point out um, to help them become a little more self-aware what ways are you helping them mm-hmm. think about their body and how their tone of voice and some of those things? Uh, well, one of the things that I I do is I require them to watch their own videos and we're re- we record and that so that's kind of doing part of the work for me. Be- but one of the things I do also is I offer to watch them with them. After class, anyone can always make an appointment to watch the video with me because I say sometimes it's just hard to watch yourself and watching with another person's loving gaze (laughs) as, you know, and to have someone beside you for perspective to say, 
you know, here's, yes, indeed, there were some weaknesses here, but let's look at the strengths. And so we'll, that's often my role, especially in the introductory course where people are sometimes getting up really for the first time is they're very aware of the strength, the errors, the, the uh, rocking or fidgeting or uh, way too tight to their notes and all of that. And they're sitting down just kind of discouraged. So a lot of my approach is very strengths-based that I okay. want to um, highlight the strengths and what went well um, and work from that base. Mm-hmm. Well, I can say the listeners of this podcast are probably not preachers, but I do know that there's a lot uh, we can learn from you as women. So um, just as you help preachers, I mean, what are some things that you might um, think about when it comes to being a woman and wanting to communicate well with your, you know, husband or your kids or your friends, or maybe even at work, you just want some tools mm-hmm. or some things to think about. Um, how would you, what kinds of things would you consider? Um, we had talked about thinking about our voice. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit more about how being aware of your voice or thinking about your voice matters. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Well, I really love the video by Barbara McAfee, the TED Talk, on um, bringing your full voice to life. And she makes the point, she delineates five, but I'm going to highlight four of the voices. She she works with earth, the very strong, grounded earth voice, and then the... Um, uh, fire, which is just energetic voice, very passionate, and then uh, wind, which is much more uh, thoughtful and questioning and wondering, and then and water, which is flowing and gentle and peaceful voice. And she she really exaggeratedly talks about how inappropriate the earth voice would be for when you want to just you know float an idea that you that you wouldn't just pound at home but on the other hand the uh the earth voice would be completely inappropriate for or the fire voice for an apology that you want to deliver with sincerity uh so that that each of those four has a place um and i think that that women can major way too hot far on the the wind and the water the tentative voices the airy floaty voices and we sometimes need more of that grounding that earth voice and that fire voice the passion that we bring uh to when we're presenting ideas so uh what i love about her video is it's not just the standard women should stop being so tentative or lower their pitch three octaves or something or try to sound more like a man or it's just a it's a very neutral look at four different modes that are all very appropriate mm-hmm. for the right setting. Mm-hmm. So it just helps you think through what what what's the best fit mm-hmm. for how can I make my voice, my body language, all of those things fit the the needs of this moment in this communication event. So how do you do that? How do you become aware of your voice? Mm-hmm. and your body and how you're presenting yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, one you had mentioned is videotaping, mm-hmm. um, but I would say probably a lot of women aren't doing that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But it would be really fascinating to see 
you know, how, what do I look like when I'm communicating with my husband? What do I look mm-hmm. like when I'm communicating with my kids? Yeah. Um, and how that is coming across. Do you have any tips for um, helping someone think about how they're holding their body or how do you become aware of this? Yeah, that's such a great question. Well, one thing I would say is that with phones, we really can record ourselves a lot more easily than we could uh, just four years ago, probably. And so uh, I would encourage people to just do it some. There is also a fun, there is a fun website where you can record yourself for two minutes or so, and it will give you all sorts of feedback about your vocal dynamics, which celebrity your voice sounds most like, your what you might want to stretch yourself in, in terms mm-hmm. of pitch and pace and rate. Uh, it was developed by a man whose brother had autism to help him raise his own awareness of how not to speak in such a monotone. Uh, and uh, so th- there are tools out there to analyze your own voice, even uh, online right now. But I would also say, you know, short of those types of technical fixes, uh, really listening to yourself and with the with eye contact, how am I coming across? And thinking through, you know, when, wow, that communication really went poorly. Was it all my content or was there something about my tone, my my facial expression, my uh, that that could have also changed that could have helped that to go better? that's very good I mean just how you're holding your body mm-hmm. I mean I know a lot of times I'm actually cold mm-hmm. so I do actually cross my arms mm-hmm. quite a bit yeah. and I'm not really uh, maybe conscious of how the other person is receiving that but could you give us some idea about how the body may non-verbally you know either emit aggression or you know like are there mm. are there cues or are there things to think mm-hmm. about, like how you hold your body and how is there research about this? Oh, or yeah. I would. Yeah. Think. Amy Cuddy's work on posture and all the things that it reveals. And uh, just a side note, Amy Cuddy's work was kind of discredited and then it, it was uh, uh, reinstated or whatever. She she came. The, it's really good research that she's done. And so I. I continue to encourage people to look at her work. She has done, uh, she has a new book called Presence, but her, or a new uh, lecture, but her TED talk on um, what your posture reveals Mm -hmm. and even how it informs you. And it actually, uh, standing up straight sets your hormones in better balance uh, even before you go into an interview or a a speaking event, lowers your. cortisol and raises your uh, testosterone your confidence and um, so uh, there's there is definitely a lot of interesting research oh but in other research is some studies have been done where people have been asked to predict other people's uh, height level of health mood uh, just through their listening to their voice and the the accuracy is amazing. Wow. So, yeah, we really can tell a lot about each other from our voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think um, just 
you know, this podcast is about just health and wellness and mm-hmm. thinking about ourselves and how to, how we can be healthy, but also how we can have healthy uh, relationships and communication. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, there are times when I'm talking to a person and I can just see that it's not, it's not going well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's right? just, there's something I'm saying. It might be my tone of voice. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize maybe the way I'm standing. I don't mm-hmm. know, but this is, this person is not able to receive. Mm-hmm. And then I try to, you know, change up how I'm standing or, yeah. um, that's my good. my voice I either I try to match the person that's really good match yeah. um mm-hmm. because I do see a lot of patients I see them yeah. every half an hour yeah so I see um maybe 14 people when I'm in clinic and wow. it's just one after yeah. the other and one person might come up really you know angry sometimes other people mm. come defensive some you know their tone of voice yeah. is all different each person comes mm-hmm. with a different so I'm just trying to figure out how to you know, be aware of myself as I'm interacting um, yeah. with people and how that affects our health. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like when you talked about changing it up, it seems like a really good strategy there, too, is just to pause and ask some questions. You know, mm. how is this landing for you? Like, It seems like or just maybe to make an observation, it seems like this is, you know, this is a little hard for you to hear that kind of thing. Yeah, so when you're recognizing, that. yeah. yeah, that's good. When yeah. you're recognizing a conversation isn't going very well, mm-hmm. to pause and to yeah. ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so we had talked about voice. The You had mentioned that aging, that voice can get stronger mm-hmm. as we age. Could mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think uh, ideally this glorious thing happens as we hit 40 and and move on from there where we just don't care (laughs) you know we just don't hopefully we care enough to brush our teeth and our hair sufficiently in the mornings but just that obsession with our appearance and how am I coming across and even I think climbing some career ladders just starts to not matter so much and we get a little more grounded in what is most important in life and we get a little more focused on what really are my gifts and abilities and what aren't and let those go and I don't know I I have found at least that this kind of serenity and confidence can uh, that we become kind of fierce and Mm. it's amazing how uh, able, I, how much more able I am to just speak right into the the heart of a student or a friend. You know, please don't believe that lie that you were told that you can't preach because, or that that you don't you aren't gifted for this because that was just amazing and you have abilities in this and you know I'm just I'm just flat out you know lavish with my praise bold with my uh, speaking words of blessing and hope into people's lives I'm I at least that's what I aspire to anyways just that I'm not really holding back mm-hmm. anymore and uh, I hope my students can take it but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and 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 friends and even I just uh 
on the way driving my daughter to the airport yesterday, I just felt moved to speak a blessing into her life about some things she'd been sharing about. And so I just said, I just want to bless you with a few things. And uh, she um, then offered a blessing to me and to Rich. And so it became a very, very sweet moment driving to the airport yesterday. So um, just growing in that ability to bless Mm -hmm. and to and to find your voice yeah in that yeah. Mm-hmm. to find out what you want to say mm-hmm. right to mm-hmm. feel like you have the confidence to say it yeah you know some of those the things. authority yeah mm-hmm. yeah so why does self-awareness of our voice matter i th- you know i think there's a great irony here in that the more uh, in some ways the more conscious and aware we are of our voices I don't know that that's necessarily a great thing in terms the 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 less aware we are of it, the more free we are of it. Mm-hmm. We want to have as healthy a voice as we can by cultivating good practices of posture and breathing and hydration and not straining our voices. All of those things are kind of self-care that we can do. Uh, and we want to, as we are speaking in public, we want to cultivate uh nice solid volume and resonance and nice range and all uh pitch and i'll pay attention to all of those things Uh, but in some ways we really want to be focused on uh, our content and Mm -hmm. our listeners that's that's ultimately what will give us the 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 strongest and best voice is when we're not really thinking about it we're thinking about what it is that we're so passionate to get across and how much we love and want the best for these listeners. So what I tend to do with students when it comes to gesturing and voice is to, I don't want to teach them, you know, specific, here's how to, here's where to place your hands as much as be natural and then watch yourself and listen to us and listen to our feedback about it. And we, and and uh, I have them actually watch their videos with the volume off to get the the visuals, and then I have them listen to it with the video off or without looking at it, so they can really focus in on uh, do I do I trail off in volume? Do I you know I'm trying to trail off in volume at the end of the sentence, or do I drift up in a way that seems very tentative as I end my sentences? So I ask, you know, look for those glaring problems. Are the lot, you know, is there an um and an okay or a so, <laughs> which is the latest uh, newer version of um is starting every sentence with so. <laughs> and just look for those. And for some students, if they're really glaring the ums, I actually keep a tally for five minutes or so of the sermon. And I tell them, you know, in, in just this five-minute segment, there were, you know, 15 ums or something and then often just the awareness of it brings it way down by the next time they get up to speak one of the things that the the stages of competence that I really like uh, to help my students think through why it's painful to grow mm-hmm. is uh, a psychologist I think it might be Maslow who who wrote about the stages of competence 
And he talks about that the first stage is actually, he calls unconscious incompetence, which is when you have a glaring problem uh, in your life uh, that you're not aware of, that like a tick that you do rocking or swaying when you speak or whatever it is. And that's fine. That feels just fine. <laughs> we don't, it doesn't bother us at all, right? It's when it comes to consciousness, and then we move to the state of conscious incompetence. We're hyper aware of that we do that. And so I tell my students, if you try to get rid of ums for your next sermon, something else is going to really suffer probably because, you know, you're going to wind up looking down way more than the last one. So you may actually see a dip and you may feel worse about things all during it because you're in that middle phase that's no fun for anybody where you're in highly conscious of your incompetence. And then you'll gradually get to a stage where you're conscious that you're doing better. That's conscious competence. Still quite a lot on your mind, though, and it's not where you want to land, which is that final wonderful stage of unconscious competence mm. where you've really gotten better at something such that, again, you're not you're just not not really aware of it anymore. You're not having to focus on it and work at it. So it's to me a very hopeful uh, process of growth for any skill or improving any area of weakness is just to, the the wisdom that I find in it is that that second stage is gonna be hard. Hmm. And you have to give yourself props that, You've gotten yourself there. You've you're part way there in the four stages because you've become aware of a problem. Uh, so that sounds like uh, a long or could potentially be a long process, mm -hmm. um, and that you would need quite a bit of support. Yeah, during yeah. that process, mm -hmm. and I would say it's possible. It sounds like some women could get stuck in that second level yeah, and not yeah. know how to get, so they're aware of their incompetence mm -hmm. and then don't know where to turn, No, who do you talk to, I'm mm -hmm. not feeling that great in this area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then try, it does sound like, I mean, it's wonderful that people can go through this process mm -hmm. with you to be able to, in a loving way, have someone mm -hmm. point it out. But say, for example, they're, you know, with a boss who is pointing mm -hmm. something negative out regularly mm -hmm. or a friend yeah. or a spouse or even your kid just keeps mm -hmm. bringing up. I'm just trying to think how, uh, you know, developing, trying to develop, you know, being conscious of something. And then how mm -hmm. do you kind of develop? I'd be interested just in your experience as an university worker. I'm sure you mm -hmm. took quite a few college kids through this yeah, you know I mean all sorts of areas of all growth. sorts yeah. of areas yeah. of growth I mean these mm -hmm. people you know these kids are coming from living with their parents yeah. having everything taken care of yeah and then just college I think yeah. thinking about college kids mm -hmm. and taking them through that you know mm -hmm. <laughs> process what was that like yeah yeah just patterns of conflict resolution that are completely unhealthy that we might gently point out and then oh no you're so right I just am terrible at everything and yeah the condemnation that can come in in that second stage Beth that's really good so true and that's where I just think the the loving gaze you know to be beheld by another with 
that unconditional love and ex- esteem and acceptance is such a, a profoundly fertile place for our growth. And so when we can, when we have the opportunity to grow in community, it, it can be so transformative, so much more joyful than mm-hmm. just slugging it out alone. Mm-hmm. Um, having a good group of friends around you. Yeah. I mean, I know even my spouse, John, he helps me a lot in this area. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so loving and kind, but I would mm-hmm. say in our 20 years of marriage, he's helped me to see aspects of myself that yeah. are not that great, but yeah. yet he lovingly, you know, kind of yeah. guides me and asks nice questions and is yeah. But it's just so important to have someone. I mean, it could be a coach or it could be Mm -hmm. a therapist or it could be. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. lots of options. Um, I'm just thinking if Mm -hmm. someone does feel stuck in, I'm just conscious of my incompetence. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, Just thinking uh, how to kind of grow in Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And and just to bring that back to voice, I heard a... a fascinating study once that said that uh, none of us actually can perceive our own voices just neurologically and the way that our ears and brains work. We actually, very few of us have an accurate perception of our voice. So listening to a recording even doesn't really tell you what your voice is like. Hmm. And it's so, it's worth just listening to the affirmation of others. If they tell Hmm. you, you have a lovely voice. And you don't necessarily perceive it that way. Trust them Mm, and celebrate that. Yeah. So what happens for someone that doesn't like their voice? I mean, I know for Mm -hmm. myself, I'm doing these podcasts and it's taken me a while to like be able to feel comfortable listening to myself. Mm -hmm. But if a person really just uh, for whatever reason may not like their voice, Mm -hmm. what do you suggest? How do you... Well, for me, that simple insight was really groundbreaking just Mm -hmm. to recognize, oh, well, I may not be the best authority in my own voice. And I hear the feedback regularly that I enjoy listening to you, you know, when I've given when I'm speaking in public that uh, people like my speaking voice or, you know, and also, you know, as much as I think it's important that, you know, I think a lot of us just have this aspiration to Martin Luther King or some you know some speaker that we think of as having the most resonant rich voice of the century <laughs> and we you know that's not our voice and we just need to celebrate what we've been given and then really like I said focus much more on uh, the the content but also the tone and, and the ways that we can the, the minor adjustments we can be making along the way to to uh, make our tone more hearable. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you had mentioned how there was something about how our voice affects or relates to health. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that just a little bit more? Like, what were they able to decipher, determine through yeah. someone's voice? And is that something that I could hear? I mean, is it... Um, mm-hmm. Is it a tangible thing or what I recall about the study was just that they were they 
just kind of took their best guess at how healthy is this person and how good is their mood based on hearing them read aloud some sentences and that the guesses were quite accurate so like their blood pressure maybe sugar level those kinds of things or just depression Mm -hmm. level of just happiness Mm -hmm. so just thinking a little bit about health and Mm -hmm. you what are some daily habits that uh, help you stay healthy I would say I well, a big change for me somewhere in the 30s was that I stopped demanding of exercise that it sort of entertained me. I had this myth that exercise is supposed to be pick a, you know, this sport that will just, you know, delight you or something. And I just <laughs> realized, you know, this is kind of more of a discipline. I just need to do it whether or not I'm just having the time of my life at it. And it's great for people who live somewhere where they can go out and cross-country ski or whatever, you know, uh, sport that they absolutely love as their exercise. But in my case, I think I just needed to embrace the discipline. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say just, well, for me, cutting out meat, you know, that... uh, and and most dairy has been uh, a good way to uh, bring about some some weight loss and some health. And um, you wanted a third, okay, cut from the list. Uh, I would say just that my husband and I have really embraced the discipline of just listening well to each other at at some point in the evening we'll sit down and really uh, catch up on each other's days in a very in a focused and also leisurely um, session Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know as as if we possibly have time for that we really try to set aside whether that's over a meal or later in the evening or right when we get home just to to really treasure each other and and uh, really listen with interest yeah that's really good there's a lot of health and wellness to be had right there just connecting with your most significant other yeah yeah that's great well thank you thank you for being on the balance by beth podcast and it's just been really great talking with you about voice and some things i think women we just don't really think about very often so i just appreciate you bringing your wisdom and your knowledge and sharing with us today Thank you, Beth. It's fun. Balanced by Beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice.